Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Ron from Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, here on Blog Talk Radio. We are here each and every Tuesday at 4 p.m., bringing you the latest medical commentary. We will bring you very interesting guests. We can be reached at 347-989-8899 or, of course, on the Internet at blogtalkradio.com. I thank you for making this the number one listen to medical program here in South Florida. And we will get on with the show very shortly. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Dr. Ron here for Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. Uh, we have Dr. Dan and Dr. Jerry, uh, our co-hosts. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you with an attitude of gratitude. Thank you for all your listening. Thank you for spreading the word. Uh, appreciate all the listeners we do get. And uh, I know now you're from all over the world, so thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, last week uh, we I asked Dr. Jerry Smith what he want to talk about. He said vaccines. Well, I know uh, I have spent about ten hours, and I think he probably even spent more researching the subject, which is going to take more than just today. We're probably going to have a, a few shows on this uh, topic. So uh, let me read the disclaimer because uh, we want to get on with all the information we have to deliver to you. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce our co-host, and then I want to have some opening comments. And then uh, since Dr. Jerry picked this topic, we're going to let him take the lead on it, and we'll go from there. Dr. Jerry, good afternoon, sir. Pleasure to be with you. Uh, I had to take a tranquilizer, to be honest with you, before uh, I do this show. (laughs) Well, Jay, I, I and I, I got my head wrapped with duct tape after listening to episode six. So uh, it, it's mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing, ladies and gentlemen. The, the, what you're going to hear over these next two or three weeks, uh, please keep an open mind. I'm going to ask you to do that right up front. Please keep an open mind to, to the facts we're going to bring to you, and just remember that science teaches us as physicians and researchers that. Always challenge hypotheses and always ask questions, and we're going to ask you to do the same thing. Dr. Dan, how are you? Good. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dr. Ron and Dr. Jerry. How are you? Pleasure to have you on board. Yes, pleasure, Dan. pleasure to talk to both of you. I'm, uh, I'm interested in, uh, in what you have to say today. I'll, I'll be right in there with you, I hope. All right. Take some good notes. So, ladies and gentlemen, Natural exposure leads to a lifelong immunity. What's a couple facts I want you to keep in mind as we go through these next series of programs. I want you to keep in mind that this is probably the first generation of children that may not outlive their parents. First generation of children that may not outlive their parents. Think about getting sick. You get one disease at a time. When you get vaccinated, you get three different diseases at one time, and not by ingestion, but by injection. I want you to think about this as Dr. Smith goes and talks about that vaccination. And, and he'll talk about it, I know. Vaccination is not the same as immunization. Just, I just want to highlight for you to listen to. I want you to remember that in medical school, vaccines are taught to be safe. We are never taught 
about what's in the vaccine. And now there's a whole course on how to deal with vaccine hesitancy. And what this means is, you know, people that have questions. Well, you didn't dare not question your pediatrician, ladies and gentlemen. You'll be, you're, you're going to have a label. So the analogy is, if you go to your doctor and you have a, a, a cold caused by a virus, and he gives you, he wants to give you an antibiotic, and you say no, are you labeled anti-antibiotic? I don't think so. But if you go in and and you want to get a hundred vaccines in one visit, why are you? And you say, I just have a question about them. Why are you a nut or an anti-vaccine person? And remember this, ladies and gentlemen: vaccine manufacturers cannot be sued. They can put anything they want into these vaccines. They cannot be sued. That was taken care of by an act of Congress. And why do? children under the age of five, either one in 20 of them have a seizure disorder. Okay, we want a world safe for our children. And just so we told, we had a show on polypharmacy. You could almost name these upcoming programs polyvaccine. And we need to have an honest uh, debate about it. I'll start out with Martin Luther King Jr. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Or put another way, the day we see the truth and cease to speak about it, we start to die. Okay, so there's 69 vaccines mandated in this country for kids under 18. Drug companies are exempt from prosecution. There's no follow-up on the reported cases. And I'm going to just give you a quote from uh, Jonas Salk the inventor of the soft polio vaccine. 30 years after the invention, he said this, quote, official data has shown that the large-scale vaccinations undertaken in the U.S. have failed to obtain any significant improvement of the diseases for which they were supposed to provide immunization. In essence, it, it was and is a failure. Quoted in the International Association of Scientists and Biological, 7th of December, 1985. Okay. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's welcome to the program Dr. Jerry Smith, uh, and uh, let's get on with the program. Well, I have to quote uh, John F. Kennedy's uh, famous line where he said, children are the world's most valuable resource, and it's best hope for the future. And Unfortunately, there's an act of assault on on the children. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not paranoid, uh, but when you start to read the the literature and see the documentation, it's a aha moment. And um, you know, it kind of scared me, and that's why I, I wanted to bring this information out to the people, let them make what we call an informed consent. And you know, I had to review what the heck the deck, the the legal term. Uh, infers. Basically, it's a voluntary agreement with an action proposed by another. So consent is an act of reason. The person giving the consent must be of sufficient mental capacity and be in possession of all essential information. That's a key, all essential information, in order to give a valid consent. Consent must also be free of coercion and fraud. Coercion and fraud. Keep that in the front of your mind because when you start to review the literature, uh, it's all about coercion and fraud. And that, that scared the pants off me. So um, basically the drug companies, uh, you know, keep telling everyone the vaccinations are safe. Uh, the advertisements keep rushing you in for a 20% reduction on all purchases at CVS or Walgreens if you get your vaccine today. And you really have to stop back and, and not rush into a situation and look at what the heck's going on. Um, today, your children, you know, between the ages of 1 and 18, as Ron said, uh, getting 69 vaccines or 69 doses of 16 vaccines. This is triple the number of vaccines that children were getting in the 70s. I mean, you know, why is this all happening? Well, once you understand the um, uh, the independent corporation status of the CDC. You'll see why it, it, it's all happening. The CDC, 
has 57 patents on vaccines. They're an independent corporation. They buy the vaccines from the pharmaceutical companies and distribute them uh, to the pharmacies and doctors. In 2016, it amounted to a $30 billion industry worldwide. And they estimate by 2025 to reach $100 billion. You know that's going to be a hard uh, golden goose to get rid of. Uh, And the biggest market is children. 57.6% of the total vaccines being marketed today are earmarked for children. So you can see they're, they're being assaulted. They're victims. It's abuse. It's really child abuse when you come down to it because they have no say in the matter. And the parents, unfortunately, are being intimidated. So that being said, let's look at some of the, the questions and answers uh, you know, surrounding this, this whole uh, arena of vaccines. So number one, are doctors well-informed on vaccines? And Dr. Ron, you made a very astute comment about you know, uh, medical school. You know, when it came to nutrition, they had three hours at best. And so you're going to trust a doctor to work out a nutritional program for you. With vaccines, uh, this Dr. Larry uh, Polevsky, he's a renowned board-certified pediatrician. And he had to say this about vaccines and education. We were not it was not very much discussed in medical schools, and we were told that the vaccines save lives, protect patients from disease, they're safe and effective, and this is the schedule that you must use with your patients. There was no discussions provided on what the heck's in them and the possible damages they can cause. The present curriculum at Harvard Medical School, you know, they don't have a course focusing on vaccines. It's basically tucked away in the in the topic of immunology, microbiology, and pathology. And dozens of other medical schools around the country provide the same coverage. So today's uh, doctors are actually taught how to coerce patients into giving their child, uh, the parents to give them the vaccines. The pharma, uh, pharmaceutical industry literally comes Facebook and looks at the uh, you know arguments that the parents are throwing out there, and they work up these uh, scenarios uh, to deal with the op, you know the uh, objections to the vaccines, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics has an entire website devoted to physicians to teach them how to convince they call vaccine hesitant parents. People are scared to death. There's too much you know documentation and the dangers out there. The bottom line here is that uh, you have to really do due diligence. Look at what the heck's going on. You know, and any study that they come out with. You have to look at it with a jaundiced eye because who's paying for it? Where's it being published? Who has to gain by it? You know, uh, one article that was written, it was called On-Time Vaccine Receipt in the First Year uh, Does Not Adversely Affect the Neurophysiological Outcomes. It was written by two MDs that have prestigious positions at the, I think, uh, down in Kentucky at the university. But the bottom line is, they're looking at 13 doses in the past versus 26 doses. And you can't, it's not apples and apples. These poor kids are getting assaulted with toxic chemicals and interreactions of multiple doses. So the key here is that you have to start, you know, not trusting the doctor, but educating yourself so that when you walk in, you're not being inundated by by myths and by, you know, coercive techniques. You know, when you go to the doctor and he tells you, oh, you must get it because your child can die of, uh, you know, whooping cough, thousands of people have died. Well, realistically, what were the conditions when these people uh, were, were passing on? It was filth. You had poor water, poor sanitation, poor quality food, and that was the reason for a lot of these disease processes. You know, today... That's been pretty much eradicated unless you go to some of these third world countries like North Philadelphia, for example, uh, or Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) But the bottom line is the conditions changed, and that changed the nature of the disease process. So that has to be taken into consideration. And if a doctor basically tells you that you're fired from his practice because you won't go along with his program, consider yourself lucky because you probably just saved your kid from potential harm for the rest of, his, of their life. Anyway, let's right, look so at... Jerry, 
so so and, and I, I agree 100% with everything you're saying. So I, I do want to get our audience to know, uh, I don't, I haven't mentioned this to Dr. Jerry, but I don't think we're against, not against vaccinations, but I am against the vaccination schedule uh, where they are given to our children uh, starting at one hour after birth. And uh, we'll get into more of that as we go on. But just want our listeners to know, don't think that uh, I'm against vaccination. But I don't think that uh, hepatitis B vaccine, which is protects uh, people that are sexually active on and on drugs, is really necessary to a one-hour-old infant and gives him 250 times the amount of aluminum that is safe according to EPA and with one-hour-old. Okay, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. And, and you have to start doing the math on these things. When they're giving multiple vaccines, they're not adding the amounts of the aluminum or the thimerosal in each vaccine to get a total. And that's where the damage is coming in. Uh, you know, basically, uh, Andrew uh, Wakefield, you know, he was not against vaccines. And he just basically made the comment that there's a causal relationship between multiple doses, especially with the MMR, measles, mumps, and rubella. And what happened was, given individually, the children had no adverse reactions. But when they combined the three, they developed you know, severe intestinal inflammatory disease processes and autism. And so he made that, you know, causal relationship. And they crucified the guy. They took away his license. They they had the UK government actually forced the journal uh, of the Lancet to retract his article. And they came out with phony, uh, you know, research saying that uh, it's not so. But, uh, you know, later on, one of the whistleblowers uh, from the CDC, uh, Thomas. Um, Dr. Thompson. Last... Yeah, Dr. Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, he basically blew the whistle and said that, um, you know, I guess he couldn't sleep at night. The CDC forced them to admit <clears throat> critical data, which showed a direct relationship between the MMR and autism. So, you know, again, we get back to the statement uh, regarding consent must be free of coercion and fraud. Unfortunately, this is black and white, 100% true fraud. Um, so basically, theory behind the vaccine is real simple. You give an attenuated or killed you know, bacteria or, or organism, and it stimulates the body's antibody production. So the key is that the next time you're exposed to it, your body can quickly respond to that. But, you know, in some of the studies that they've shown, the people that didn't get it didn't have any antibody titers. And the ones that did get the, the disease process had antibody titers. So the use of antibody titers is really not a valid scientific uh, marker to judge immunity. Uh, I think this is a lot of myths that are put out there to try to scare people to, you know, get these uh, vaccines. Ultimately, your health depends upon a strong immune system. You know, Paul Thomas, MD, board-certified pediatrician, author and founder of Physicians for Informed Consent, you know, is good old family doc type mentality. Your health depends on your immunity, and your immunity depends on the quality of food that you're consuming, the quality of water that you're drinking, and the air that you're breathing, and the quality of the food, which is not frankenfoods, you know, the was it 85% to 90% of your soy, corn, and wheat in this country are frankenfoods. They're genetically modified. So under these circumstances, getting assaulted with a chemical toxin, you know, is basically uh, assaulting a weakened immune system. So that's one of the major issues that we have today that we didn't have when I was growing up, you know, back in the 40s and 50s. Now, what harm has our vaccine program created? The term that the medical term is iatrogenic, meaning doctor-induced injuries. <clears throat> and when you look at some of the um, the, the studies here, it's it just uh, horrific. In 2005, the researchers at the University of Illinois in Chicago conducted a study relating asthma, hay fever, and eczema and vaccine vaccination status. 
So working with the National Vaccine Information Center, and I strongly urge parent out there to go to the National Vaccine Information Center web, website and get familiar with their research. It's They have no ax to grind. They're not funded by any pharmaceutical company. They're totally independent. So they identified 515 never vaccinated uh, pay children, 423 partially vaccinated, and 239 completely vaccinated children. They concluded that parents of unvaccinated children were 11 times less likely to report asthma for children with no family history of the disease and no exposure to antibiotics in infancy. Parents of unvaccinated children were 10 times less likely to report hay fever among children with no family history of hay fever. Eczema was also reported significantly less in unvaccinated children. In essence, we have an epidemic in America of chronic diseases and disabilities. One out of six children have learning disabilities today. One out of 400 are developing diabetes. One in nine children have asthma. One in 50 have autism. And millions more with inflammatory bowel disorders, rheumatoid arthritis, epilepsy, 30% of the children are being diagnosed with mental illness, hay fever, eczema, bipolar, schizophrenia, acute and chronic brain, and immune dysfunction. Now, a comparison, unvaccinated children. A beautiful article was written by Dan Olmsted. He looked at unvaccinated Amish population in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Guess what? They only had three children that were autistic. One child was actually adopted it was a Chinese baby. They had all the vaccines in China, and then she went through all the vaccines scheduled in the United States. So that was, a, you know, a no-brainer. A second child, basically, they couldn't have any record of any vaccination. And the third child had actually a vaccine scheduled you know, normally. So the ones that did have the uh, autistic spectrum or, or symptoms had vaccinations. And what was interesting, there was a a, uh, classroom in one of the schools in that uh, Amish community that had 30 children that that were challenged. And of the 30 children that were challenged, there was only one in there that had autism. So what I'm saying is that why not study the unvaccinated population and figure out how come they've escaped all these adverse effects as opposed to you know, phoning up the statistics and uh, misleading the, the population. So, um, Ron, I don't know. Do you have any input on on the? Uh, I, I do on the MMR, especially uh, as regarding uh, uh, Dr. Thompson. Uh, it, if this happened, uh, it, this could be analogous to the uh, lead in the water uh, in Chicago. You know what happened, uh, how everybody had an outcry of that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in nine, let me just look at my notes here. 1990, let's see, I'm sorry, 2001, Dr. Thompson, the whistleblower from the CDC, who did all, a lot of work with MMR, was told to burn his data. And why was he told to burn his data? Because... He was getting ready to report that African-American males who were given the MMR vaccine before age three had a high incidence of autism. And they knew that in 2001. They knew that autism was associated with the MMR in African-American males. It has been estimated that there's over 100,000 African-American males with autism since that study was rejected by RCDC. Ladies and gentlemen, medical genocide in the African-American community. When you give MMR before 36 months of age, you're going to get autism. So this is what Dr. Thompson knew. And... This is what got on his conscience, and this is why he blew the whistle. So, well, you know, it's interesting, you know, about the MMR. I have a, a seven-year-old 
uh, about three years ago, who the mother was like really hesitant about, you know, vaccinating her child. But, you know, these doctors, they're, they're relentless. And she finally acquiesced. And within 24 hours, her child came down with type 1 diabetes. And when you start looking at these type 1 diabetic children, invariably they'd had the flu or some virus or vaccine in close proximity to the onset of their problem. <clears throat> so you really have to seriously consider uh, and weighing all the, the potential collateral damage that your child can experience when most of these issues are, are really non, uh, non-threatening. Um, and, and the other unfortunate thing is the people that are doing the hardcore, honest research, they're being character assassinated, you know, especially Andrew Wakefield. This guy had impeccable credentials, did impeccable research, and they destroyed the guy. They took his license away from him. You know, they disparaged him in articles. They, they put out phony articles saying that his research was flawed. And, and this is their tactics. It's basically, you know, mind control techniques of bullying and uh, intimidation and putting out disinformation to sway the population. Um, All right. Before, and, you know, before you go on, Jerry, I want to ask yeah, sure. you also because uh, Dr. Wakefield uh, was uh, demonized during my career as a physician. I want our audience to know that his research has been reproduced 28 times. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it is unusual for a researcher to, ha- uh, uh, to have his work reproduced unless it's worth something. If, it, if, he, if a researcher comes up with a, a hypothesis and proves it, that's okay, but it's only after it's reproduced that it really has meaning. Dr. Wayfield's experiment and, 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 and procedure was reproduced 28 times. And I'm sure as Dr. Jerry goes on, well, I'll have more to say about Merck and thimerosal and how they know, they know they know what's wrong. But ladies and gentlemen, they cannot be sued. They cannot be sued. The cost of it... They they are uh, sacrificing our children for for dollars because they cannot get sued. Well, you know you're okay, exactly sorry. right. In the ni- in the 1930s, Eli Lilly discovered thimerosal, and it was a cheap preservative, and they they gave it to the other vaccine manufacturers to test, and they all came back to them and said, "Hey, this is a neurotoxin. It attacks the nervous system, the brain. You can't use this stuff." And they totally ignored it. They, you know, went on to use it, and they still use it today. When they say, "Oh, there's only trace amounts," well, take trace amounts of cyanide. Do you think it's going to kill you? Eventually, it will, or, or the collateral damage that it causes, and it's slow and insidious. That's the problem. Um, you know, one of the questions that some of my patients, uh, you know, ask is, you know, is my child at a higher risk for being hospitalized after, let's say, the measles vaccine? And there's studies that if you take this vaccine, you are statistically significantly more likely to be hospitalized after receiving the measles vaccine. Your child is more likely to have epileptic seizures. Your child is more likely to have allergies and more likely to develop cancers and heart disease later in life if you're vaccinated. The measles vaccine has suppressed, it will suppress your body from developing natural immunity, which is gained by natural exposure. And this was you know, a statement made by Neil uh, Miller, who is a medical researcher, journalist, and director of Think Twice Global Vaccine Institute. So these have, you know, scientific basis. They have statistics. It's not someone sitting in a back room making these these scenarios up. Um, so is there informed consent for getting vaccines? Well, I thought there there was, but according to the CDC, there's no federal requirements for informed consent regarding immunizations. It's all on the state level. The states really wield the power when it comes to vaccine uh, laws and, uh, and and enforcing them. So are there exemptions for vaccine? You're darn right there's exemptions. And if you go to www.nbic, that's Vaccine Information Center, and click on the, the heading at the top of the menu, Law and Policy, and select State or Federal, you get the pull-down menu. And you'll see vaccines are state laws. So 50 states have medical exemptions, 47 states have religious exemptions, and 16 states have medical, religious, and philosophical or conscientious 
exemptions. Know your rights, people. Don't get intimidated by the school system because they think that they can coerce you and, and out of fear to get your child vaccinated. You look on their site. There's also a, a person that will help you in the, you know, writing a letter to combat what the uh, the schools are telling you about. You can't get your child in unless they're vaccinated. So don't be timid because it may be a, a mistake that you're going to pay for the rest of your life with. Um, this has kind of floored me. When did reporting adverse reactions actually begin? Well, <laughs> responsibility for reporting adverse reactions, the bottom line is they didn't institute the law until 1991. So vaccination programs have been rolled out since 1902. So anyone before 1991 that said vaccines are safe really had no basis to make that statement. That's the scary thing about you know this whole uh, illusion of, of safety. They have the vaccine adverse effect reporting system was set up. And um, the bottom line is Ronald Reagan signed into law in 1986 that all the pharmaceutical companies are exempt from damage and this includes death so again no laws before 1991 and only about 10 percent of the doctors report any adverse reactions you know on the on the r routine basis so the, the key is if you really want to figure out what are the real uh reaction numbers so in in 2004 there was 200,000 adverse events that were reported uh, in the vaccine adverse effect reporting system following more than 1 billion doses of more than 30 different types of vaccines administered as part of the U.S. program. Now, if this represents only 10% of the actual, that's 2 million serious vaccine reactions since 1991. Now, if this is the true figure is really 1% of the actual reactions, as the FDA Commissioner Kessler stated, that means that there could have been 20 million, 20 million serious adverse reactions to vaccines since 1991 involving either death, permanent injury, or hospitalization. Such an epidemic could actually be in place in the U.S. at the present time, and no one is even looking at it. You know, we talk about foreign terrorists. From my perspective, we've got our own internal terrorists that are attacking our kids with, with false research, character assassination of the people that are doing the real research, and all because it's going to turn into a $100 billion industry by 2025. So, Ron, what do you think about this? Doesn't this get you a little bit unnerved? Well, I have a tachycardia right now, and, <laughs> and I was prepared for this program. I mean, it is unnerving. It is unnerving that pediatricians, uh, have been relegated to measuring heads, weighing people, and giving shots. And when asked what's in the vaccine, uh, say, You're, you must be some kind of kook, and they don't want to treat you anymore. And when, if, if we get educated and, and read what's in the vaccines, you know, all the aluminum, uh, the uh, thimerosal, the other viruses, these vaccines have to be grown on a, in a culture that, that is from another animal. And when we talk about retroviruses, which we'll do at another time because we're, we're going to go on with our schedule. But, yeah, it drives, drives me crazy. And when you read about Merck and Pfizer going to Nigeria and uh, third world countries to test their vaccines, and then uh, if they work fine, if they don't, uh, they they don't help those 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 children uh, with any any health issues. I mean, uh, uh, that happened with Gardasil. It happened with the chickenpox vaccine. Uh, they they it didn't work in in Africa, so they actually tried it in a uh, low income group in L.A. They were called out about it, but they couldn't be sued. So yeah, it gets me very upset, Doctor Jerry. And, well, you know, uh, it was an interesting. There was an interesting movie called Constant Gardener with Rachel Wise and Ralph Fiennes. It's a true, based on a true story in Africa, just like you said, where they they literally uh, experimented on the poor Africans uh, in their vaccines, and and those that died, they they buried them in mass graves. It's I don't want to tell you too much about the movie, but it was riveting, and just the reality of it is 
they don't respect life, and no matter where they're dealing with, whether it be in high-level civilizations like the West or, or third-world countries, it's just uh, people are like fodder. Uh, and you know, the scary thing is, it continues this this momentum, it's, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be a stoppage. Um, but I think the more educated the people are, the more they resist the vaccines and are armed with facts and and good information, you're not going to get intimidated and you're going to, you'll see. I know one of my patients was an attorney and every time she went to the doctor, the doctor kept trying to intimidate her to uh, inoculate her, her son. And she finally, she, she got into his face and she said, look, doc, every time I come and bring my child for an exam, a yearly examination, all the other kids are sick. My child never was vaccinated. He's never been sick. Can you please explain that to me? The guy shut up. Okay. So aluminum is one of the adjuvants, and that enables the antigen to be slowly released, and it stimulates the immune system. Um, uh, Jerry, just stay on that point. It's something about aluminum. Sure. Because the viruses in these vaccines uh, did not, as you said earlier, did not stimulate antibodies. So they didn't have a marker that they could say, oh, that's why our, our vaccines work. So they added a toxic metal, and that's what gives them the antibody response. Right. So it's not a true antibody uh, immunity. It's it's artificially exactly. stimulated by a toxic heavy metal. And aluminum is a major factor in Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's is the most common type of dementia in the United States. And it's a $100 billion a year uh, cost to to handle these Alzheimer patients. I mean, it, it's third only, you know, was it a, a heart attack and cancer and then Alzheimer's. It's rampant. And guess what? The chemtrails that they're spraying, radioactive aluminum, aluminum strontium and barium. When they treat your public water supply, they put alum in the, in the water to coagulate the suspended particles. And they don't even have to tell you, alum is aluminum sulfate. So we're getting it from multiple sources. And they think nothing of it, you know. Um, it's just despicable. Um, some of the other chemicals that I, you know, I picked up. Uh, well, the other thing I wanted to mention: the blood-brain barrier in a young child doesn't fully mature until 18 months old. So, you know, the Japanese were right. You shouldn't really give vaccinations before the age of two. So, if you do consider it, the longer you can keep it off, the more mature the child's immune system. And if you do one at a time without Marisol, the child has a much better chance. And also, you have other alternatives. There's homeopathic remedies that you can give your child two weeks before they receive their vaccine. So it protects the child so that they don't have a, a Herxheimer or adverse reaction to the vaccine. And these things are really non-invasive. They're kind to the body, and they work. You know, but the doctor's they have no clue. You know, they're spending, what, three to five minutes with you on a good day? And and, and if and, you ask them questions, and, they have no answers. Yeah, and, and these reactions, these Herzheimer reactions and the, the, this crying and these fevers, the, your pediatrician is going to tell you that's normal. But ladies and gentlemen, you don't have a seizure and you don't have violent shaking in a normal course of uh, treatment. That is toxic to the brain. Well, you just mentioned the brain. Pertussis vaccine has an affinity for the brain and the central nervous system. You get a meningitis. You get an encephalitis. That's why these kids are screaming their heads off, because their brain's swollen, and it hurts like hell. You know, uh, you also, you want to get the book. Uh, it's unbelievable, this book. It's called Vaccination, 100 Years of Orthodox Research, shows that vaccines represent a medical assault on the immune system. Vera Schreibner, she's from Perth, uh, Australia. Her husband developed a medical monitoring device. And when the child would get DPT, they would monitor the child for, I think, a week before the vaccination and for about, I think, four or five weeks afterwards. Invariably, within 24 hours after the vaccine, they had respiratory distress, respiratory distress documented black and white and you know the key in the equation is that these little babies are being distressed their immune systems can't handle it they become irritable uh, fatigued and um, 
go into an acute emergency situation. And this whole infant death syndrome business, you know, there, there's, I think there was seven to 10,000 cases of sudden death infant in, in the U.S. The D, with the DPT vaccination mandatory, there begin no doubt that the majority of these deaths are attributable to the vaccine. So it's a no-brainer. You know, and when you start to look at the old statistics and history, uh, you just cringe and they ignore it because it's a cash cow. It's a moneymaker. It dis- it's destroying the population and it d- destroys the whole family unit. It's just uh, unconscionable. You know, some of the other uh, witchcraft that's being done in, in the production is they're using um, – Dog kidney, monkey kidney, pig blood, horse blood, rabbit brains. I mean, this is what the uh, manufacturers are admitting to. I, can, I, I hate to see what other stuff they're putting in there that maybe they're not mentioning. Chick embryos, chicken eggs, duck eggs, calf serum, uh, fetal bovine serum, formaldehyde. Now, you talk about combinations of multiple vaccines. Well, when they give the uh, MMR and all, you're getting almost two milligrams of formaldehyde. That's a known carcinogen. You're injecting into a little baby whose blood-brain barrier hasn't fully developed, has a you know weakened immune system, and they wonder why these kids are getting brain cancers, cancers of different organs. You know, when they're three, four years old, there's no mystery. They're putting in the carcinogenic agent that's going to wake up at some point in time when the child, you know, keeps eating Twinkies and drinking soda for breakfast, uh, the immune system goes south. Um, The thimerosal, again, sloppy math. Infants are receiving as much as 88 micrograms of mercury by six months of age. 88 micrograms of mercury by six months of age. And, And MSG, it causes brain inflammation and excitation. You know, glutamate levels are usually elevated in Alzheimer's patients. Hello? You think that there's any connection here? Uh, why do you think you get the uh, so-called uh, uh, with the Chinese food syndrome uh, migraines? It's the MSG. It causes your brain to be, become swollen and inflamed, and you get excited. So that's why these kids are hyperactive, bouncing off the walls. I know I have a good friend down in the Naples, Florida, and he had twins. And after the third, uh, you know, uh, vaccine shots, I think they both, when the MMR became severely autistic, I mean, to the point where they have to hire a nurse to sleep in their house because the kids are roaming around their house at night. They can't sleep. And, you know, my heart goes out to these the, the parents. I mean, they have no life. The kids are like literally bouncing off the walls. They can't, they've tried pretty much everything under the book, but you got brain damage. How the heck are you going to repair that? And and it was and the thing is, the multiple vaccines is when you get the worst reactions. So yeah, I just 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 want to reiterate, ladies and gentlemen. Usually, in the normal course of things, you get one disease at a time. Your body reacts to it. You get over it. But with vaccines, it is unnatural to get MMR, three different diseases, and inject it into you. So. Just keep that, that thought in mind. And and for the, those that are pro-life, just remember, there's a lot of vaccines that have a fetal tissue from aborted babies. There's aborted fetal tissue in a lot of vaccines. Okay, Jerry, you've yeah, got a well, great it, list here of all the excipients. Yeah, and we, well, you'll put that up on the website so that they can, um, you know, peruse that. And, you know, again, start thinking logically, you know, a young child, unfortunately, uh, in today's world, is born with uh, maybe 7,000 chemicals just at birth. And then you're pumping in all these carcinogenic and fetal tissue and heavy metals. And, see, no one knows what the heck the interactions are, what triggers off the cancer, the leukemia, the whatever, the tumors. It's You know, something is not right. And, you know, it's interesting. I had a, a cancer patient recently who had a basal cell carcinoma, and she tried everything under the sun in a natural way. Nothing happened. But when I tested her energetically, she had mercury in the cancerous lesion on her face. 
And once I got rid of that mercury, the cancer disappeared. And I see that with other patients. When you remove the offending substance, whether it be a pesticide, a vaccine, and, and I'm finding a lot of tetanus being trapped in the left lobe of the thyroid. So when you have pesticides and heavy metals and tetanus and other vaccines being trapped in an organ, at some point in time, the organ becomes dysfunctional. So, you know, right away they want to do a transplant or they want to do radiation or they want to do heavy-duty interferon or whatever. You know, it's bogus in the sense that they're treating a symptom. They're not defining the underlying cause. And, and you know, I had a cleaner that I used to go to, and she was telling me her brother died. Why? He had a lung infection, and they couldn't get rid of it with the antibiotics. So what they do, they gave him five days of radiation on his chest, and the guy died. I mean, you got to be a moron to sit there and subject yourself to consecutive days of radiation to kill to kill bugs. I mean, you got to start thinking and, and uh, say, hey, try it on your own family first. Leave me, leave my body alone. Well, let, let, just on these, and I agree with you, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you never have been told what is in these vaccines? Okay, has anybody heard of polysorbate 80, a surfactant? You know, that's in these vaccines. It opens up the blood-brain barrier and the gut barrier. You know, our gut is lying to protect us from stuff going through that shouldn't get through. Just like Dr. Jerry said, our blood-brain barrier is to protect our brain from stuff getting through. Well, it doesn't form until you're 18 months, and neither does the gut barrier. So... Uh, some of this stuff gets through your brain. It, the aluminum can definitely uh, uh, brings with it bacteria and viruses. And you know what? There is no study of how the vaccines uh, in, are in the brain. They don't do any biopsies. The glyphosate, the glycol, the formaldehyde, in addition to everything else, they're carcinogenic, and they open up these barriers. So uh, we, you have to know what's in it. You have to ask before you get a shot and and. I see how time is going. Next week, we'll, we'll talk about the pneumonia shot, right, Jerry, and the flu shot, and then the Gardasil. Uh, yeah. well, you have to know well, what's the, in these things. Yeah, what's interesting, um, there was mass diphtheria inoculations in effect in Russia for decades, okay? And by 1976, the disease had virtually disappeared. But in 1990, and again in 93, they had two major diphtheria epidemics occurred in Russia, with 1,200 cases in the 90 and 6,000 cases in 93. Um, now, the bottom line is, this was followed by universal vaccination for the disease. So where the heck's the immunity? You know, it, it, it's a farce. They're just lying to us about the, the outcomes. And it's just to force people to get stuff that they really don't need because it's a big money maker. And then the collateral expenditures to treat all the symptoms, you know, the uh, seizures, the asthma, the hay fever, the, you know what I mean, on and on and on. The disabilities, you need special classes, you need, uh, it, it, it doesn't stop, you know, and, and it's all f for what? For chasing the almighty dollar? Somebody, you know, spirituality has to enter into the pharmaceutical industry's mentality because the American people, they have more power than they realize. Hit them in their pocketbook. Well, just say no. I think, we, I think our listeners should know that the CDC, the FDA, they're not protecting you, okay, especially the CDC's section on immunology. They're not there to protect you. They're there to make money. And, and as Dr. Jerry knows, the vaccines are the future of the pharmaceutical industry. Why? <laughs> because, A, they don't need any long-term studies. They don't need placebo-controlled or whatever. And when they do, do placebo-controlled, we'll talk about that, how they, how they, how they fake those, those studies. But, you know, bottom line, they can't get sued, and they have a tremendous profit margin on these, and they got the government pushing them on you. Okay? If you We're talking about the drugs, profit margin, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Right. Ron. They all kinds of studies. It takes forever. But a vaccine, you can get to the market in, in three or four months. Well, and the thing the is... The hepatitis uh, B vaccine had four days of testing, ladies and gentlemen. Four days. Wow. What was interesting, if you get a chance to watch Ty Brolinger's uh, series on vaccines, it'll knock your socks off. Um, there was one statement there that kind of blew me away. It cost, I forget which vaccine it was, like 28 cents 
for a dose. But guess what? They had to factor in for damage control, so it cost $174.28 a dose now. And because all this is factored in, the legal, the legal damage. You know, it's nuts. And how about the, 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 the lawyer that used the penny? Oh, that was wonderful. Yeah, the uh, situation, this guy would go into the courtroom on a vaccine case, and he put a half a penny on the banister, you know, that was uh, cordoning off the, the jurors, and he never said anything. And down along the uh, all the uh, trial, uh, you know, whatever happened there, he would bring on an expert. And the expert would testify that in 1936, they discovered that they could make a uh, non-toxic, harmless vaccine, but it would cost a half a penny more to produce it. And so they opted to do the toxic vaccine instead, and so they can save a half a penny on the dose. And then when the people looked down at that half a penny on the banister in front of them, there was no contest on who was going to win that, that law case. I think, I think that was... That, that was uh... Uh, really poignant uh, that he did that. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, so so 1986 now, you know, we had a a reasonable schedule and we lived in a different world. We had, we had healthy food. We didn't have the, all the chemicals in our food. Uh, We didn't eat out as much. We didn't have as much processed food, but 1986, when all of a sudden the pharmaceutical companies could not be sued, what happened? An explosion of vaccines, an explosion with no adequate testing, okay? There's no science. They're not, they're, they're, you don't work for the CDC immunology and, and, and have research published that is against the vaccine. They will crucify you. The author right. of a book called The Plague, P-L-A-G-U-E, they put her in jail. They put her in jail and never have charged her and forced her to, to uh, declare bankruptcy because she pointed out the contaminated blood supply and vaccines in this country causing neurodegenerative diseases, cancer, leukemia, and lymphoma. Uh, and uh, Just because she produced a book, and she was a senior investigator at the CDC. So you're dealing with very powerful people. Well, you know, talk about safety. You want to hear a joke. The only safety testing that has ever been done on the pertussis vaccine in the last 50 years is an unproven method called the mouse weight gain test. The scientists would inject the vaccine to be tested into the stomachs of baby mice. If the mice continued to gain weight and didn't die right away, it was assumed that the vaccine was safe and effective for humans. That's it. I'm I'm not making this up. And it's the same test that's being done today. (laughs) It it has no relevancy to humans. Ah, jeez. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, maybe Dr. Jerry and I will give you some takeaway points for today. Uh, The one is don't don't trust anything. Uh, Verify. Uh, Ask for the ingredients in any shot that you're going to be put in your body. Ask to see the studies. Yeah, there's hardly any reason why you, you, you can't wait a, a week or two to get an injection. Yeah, if you have a cold or flu, boy, don't ever get a vaccination because your, your immune system is really at a weakened point. And, you know, to hit it with uh, these adjuvants and assault it, you know, you're asking for trouble. So that's point number one. Point number two is the CDC is not there to protect you. They're not there to protect you. Point number three, uh, and I, I'm just making this up as I go, and I'm written down, Jerry, but uh, Robert F. Kennedy and, and Robert De Niro, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., mercuryproject.org, nice site to visit about the Marisol. They have a $100,000 reward for anybody that can bring them a study proving thimerosal is safe. If you want to pick up 100000 find a study. The other name that kept popping up in the Ty Bollinger series is Barbara Lowe Fisher, L-O-E Fisher, Barbara Lowe Fisher. Google her. Follow her. She is very informed. Uh, she wrote a fantastic Jerry? book called The Shot in the Dark, 
It was co-authored by Harris Coulter and, of course, Barbara Lowe Fisher, and extremely informative. Uh, and she's also the head of the Vaccine Information Center down in Virginia. And I was, pre- you know, preparing myself for this presentation, and they have a wealth of information. And, you know, they have many, many parents who have given their testimonials on the damages that were done. Uh, you know, it just it just breaks your heart. I know I have a, a patient from Tennessee uh, they were telling me that they brought their child up to me. He's like 23, 24 years old now. When he was five years old, 100% normal, could read, play, you know, compute math. And then they gave him MMR, DPT, and the meningitis vaccine all at once. This kid was destroyed. The seizures, you know, he was getting like 13 a day. He became uh, paralyzed on his right foot, right arm. Uh, it just breaks your heart. And, you know, and, and they were so, you know, uh, skeptical about giving him vaccines. But again, you know, there's that guilt thing. Well, if I don't give it to him, he may come down with the diseases. If I do give it to him, you know, what are the chances? But they, they downplay the, the collateral damage. But the kid is like ruined. Uh, and, you know, we helped him out a little bit. But, you know, once you get that damage at a young age and then 19 years later, you know, you still can't function. Your, your chances of, uh, you know, high rate of recovery are, are minimal. Absolutely. All right. So uh, Ty Bollinger, T-Y-B-O-L-L-I-N-G-E-R, uh, he has a series. Uh, you might want to look at that. Uh, but they average about one hour and, what, about 35 minutes apiece? Yeah, about that. Yeah, the seventh one comes out tonight. Uh, you want to be informed, ladies and gentlemen. And just because it's our children we're talking about, we're talking about the next generation. And as I said, the experts, if we're doing so good with vaccination, why are is this generation of children maybe not going to be able to outlive their parents? That's a scary thought, ladies and gentlemen. And if vaccinations are so effective, why are the, the people that have their children vaccinated so afraid of children that are unvaccinated? So that that should be a, a a shield for them, but they know they really know it doesn't work. Jerry, I got a headache. Huh, that's why I took my Valium before I started the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm calm now. See, see, you should have taken your blood pressure meds. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if Doctor Dan came back. He went out. He's back. Doctor Dan, what do you have to say? Well, I have to say, first of all, without mentioning any names, thank you to my uh, uh, company that I have uh, taking care of my phones. They, they went dead again. So I put on my cell phone temporarily, and then, then they came back on again. Um, this is really a controversial subject that has caused a lot of, a lot of problems with, with people. They're caught in the middle. Your doctors are telling you point blank. They're telling me to get certain vaccines now. I won't get them. Well, you know, okay. you're, you know, you made a very interesting comment about controversial, and my right. philosophy is it's only controversial to the uninformed. Once exactly. you become informed, there's no controversy. I mean, you know, go get your shingles vaccine. Really, really? No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to pick on certain ones, but um, uh, you, you can't take the chance. And especially if you have any autoimmune diseases, you have to be careful with anything that's live. You know, got, it's got any possible live uh, 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 organisms in it, you know, that have been attenuated. So it's, it's, it, people, are, people are caught in the middle. They're caught with, their doctors are telling them, you have to get these vaccines. And I hear it. I hear it with, with myself. And it's really a problem. And then you hear all these side effects that have occurred. Well, didn't was it, Doctor Ron? Didn't you send me um, a contract that you can hand your doctor to sign that if my child becomes damaged, that they'll take on the financial responsibility for a child's rest of their life, and then you'll see yeah. how fast he's going to be uh, pushing the vaccine. Oh, I don't. I mean, it I may come. It may come with that. Yeah, it may have to come to that. I mean. Uh, you know, I've used for years, if I ever had anything done, thank goodness I have not had a lot done. But I, when I asked the doctor, like when I had my eyes checked, I said, uh, do you have malpractice insurance? 
you know, just to let him know to keep him on his toes because uh, they, uh, the young doctors today, and sorry to say, they are just bought and paid for with iPads now when they're in medical school. They have lost their ability to critically think about problems. And all scientists should always ask questions. Science is never settled. Um, if, if it's settled, you're not asking the question. You're not, being, you're not getting to the bottom of it. you just got to always ask questions. And, and as, Dr., as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. points out, there's a statement from Merck saying, the science is settled on vaccines. Doesn't make sense. Science has never settled, in my opinion. Well, that's the mind control technique to dispel any uh, questions in, in the inquisitive parents or the hesitant parents. All I can tell you: do your due diligence when you read the facts, you, and you can hand the facts to your doctor and say, "Look, if you sign this contract that you'll be financially responsible for any damage done to my child for the rest of their life, I'll be glad to give them the vaccine." If you don't sign it, then I know you're you're concerned that it's not safe. <laughs> That's, that would be something. <laughs> yeah, you'll get his attention. Yeah, That's for sure. <laughs> well, Doctor Doctor Jerry, how about if we continue this next week? I I mean, we have Absolutely. a. I know you've. We got the Prevenor to talk about. We have to talk about the awful thing they did to the the children in 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 Colombia with the Gardasil. We have to talk about how they labeled them mass hysterics uh, because they had a brain reaction to the Gardasil and then, then just dropped it. Uh, and we have to definitely talk about the flu vaccine uh, and, and especially the flu vaccine given to pregnant women. It's just uh, it's really criminal. Um, well, all right, I had fun. I, we're, we're not going to open it up to questions today, but next week we will. Uh, but we're going to continue. Or submit them. Uh, submit the questions by email. Or just give me an email at docronradio at gmail.com. D-O-C-R-O-N radio at gmail.com. I'll post some of this on the, our Facebook page, which is Dr. Ron Unfiltered, D-R Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. I'll, I'll put that list of his excipients, the things that are in the vaccines. I'll put a list of that on the on our Facebook page. But well, ladies yeah, Sherry, and gentlemen, uh, this, this is a subject that we have, I, I know I have resisted bringing to your attention for quite some time, but it gets to a point uh, where it's unconscionable for us to hold back this information. And that's where we are right now. No matter, they may, they may ask us to not broadcast, I don't know, but this is information you must have and uh, you must ask questions. Uh, so we're going to continue it. We'll cover it as best we can. And then we'll go into onto other subjects where you're being scammed uh, with the plastics and with drugs and so forth. So, uh, but we'll finish up vaccinations next week. Yeah, and Dr. as Jerry, my parting words, just remember: dead doctors don't lie. <laughs> and, and 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 it's sad that we're having dead children. Okay, yep. ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've been listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered on Sanger with Dr. Jerry Smith and Dr. Dan. Uh, we want to remind you, if you can get into Ty Bollinger's Truth About Vaccines, uh, go ahead and listen to that. Some of them may not be available anymore, but uh, you can go to YouTube and see if you can find them. Ron, uh, where, where can we find Ty Bollinger's series? Is that on YouTube or is that on uh, Yeah, YouTube. YouTube, yeah, YouTube. okay. I want to look it up as soon as I get off the uh, phone. Yeah, yeah I have uh, 20 pages of notes. In the first six series, it just mm-hmm. blows your mind, and uh, and then you got to read the books they recommend. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, uh, a lot of work this program, <laughs> but I think we, with Dr. Jerry and I, as we talked during the week, uh, this is something we had to do. So, I uh, uh, wish I had better news for you, but knowledge is power. Yeah. What's that, Jerry? Yeah, basically it is good news that, you know, now that you're informed, you make a better decision. And, uh, you know, that's the name of the game. And everything that Everything's going to start falling in place one of these days for you, ladies and gentlemen. The mercury, the aluminum, uh, these heavy metals, all these toxic plastics, the, the, the antifreeze. Uh, it's all going to start making sense to you. It's all going to see why we are not the healthiest country in the world. But, ladies and gentlemen, these vaccines are so... 
so effective? Why are we 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 rank almost last in child mortality and morbidity? Well, and, and you just look at the statistics. The country that has the highest autism rates, UK and the United States, the two the countries that have the highest vaccination rates, UK and the United States. It's a no-brainer. The Amish yeah. don't vaccinate. They got the, one of the lowest rates. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to keep bringing it to you, and you're going to see how this just fits in place. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's just knowledge. Okay, Dr. Dan, Dr. Jerry. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Till next week. Adios. Ceveriamo. Right. Yeah, arrivederci. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio. Here on lockofthepopradio.com. See you next week. Ciao.